Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone is having an absolutely blessed day today, as always. And be sure to tune into the Hagman Report tonight. Dad's going to be on there with Doug. It's going to be a great show. I'm sure they got a lot of stuff lined up, as they always do. And also be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com if you need anything. The uh, product of the week, vitamin C caps with antioxidants on sale right now. And also, too, for the last couple days, the Berberine Ultimate formula I talked to you about that massively helps to regulate blood sugar, really helps out with a healthy blood glucose metabolism. And also, as I've told you, more research I've found can actually help burn body fat, especially when taken with meals. That will be on sale for a few more days right now, so it goes back to its regular price as a brand-new item. So be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com over the weekend. And one of the first things that I really saw uh, today, and this is actually a few days ago, this is starting to get some big exposure, yet nobody's really talking about it in mainstream media whatsoever for obvious reasons. And it kind of ties back into why I think in New York right now, everything is being covered over the migrant illegal invasion, which we'll get into that later on in the show. But what's interesting about this now, this is pretty much one of the first times any city is doing this in the country. New York City now is setting up a program to begin tracking the carbon footprint of household food consumption and putting caps on how much meat can be served in public institutions as part of a sweeping initiative to achieve 33% reduction in carbon emissions from food by 2030. Now, notice, notice the numerology here achieve a 33% reduction in carbon emissions. If you guys know and you've done any research on numerology with a lot of these bankers and wizards that are involved in, and some of them are the same, uh, 33 has always been Freemason top number. This is something you see repeatedly in the media, in movies, in everything. 33 is constantly used, so clearly you kind of have an understanding of where this is going. And as I have told you guys for years and years and years, if you do enough history, you read enough history, you do enough research, you will find that almost everything, every basis always ends up coming down to food control. That's what it does. It always ends up coming down to food control. You control the food, you control the population. What you feed the population ultimately is how they respond as well. You feed the people very, very cheap, basic food just enough to sustain. They're going to be weak and sickly. You allow the people to pick what they want and eat clean, healthy food and make their own decisions. They become strong and healthy. This is what they continually have done, and this is for millennials. This has been done with the control of food. Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams and representatives from the Mayor's Office of Food Policy and Mayor's Office of Climate and Environmental Justice announced the new programs at the Brooklyn Culinary Center run by the NYC Health and Hospitals, the city's public health care system. They shared a new chart to be included in the city's annual greenhouse gas inventory that publicly tracks the gas or excuse me the carbon footprint created now by household food consumption the addition of household food consumption data to this part of the partnership is through London and New York launched with American Express C40 Cities, we'll get into that one in a minute, Eco Data Lab, and Commissioner Rohit Argwala from the New York Department of Environmental Protection. 
Arguel is also who founded Google Smart City subsidiary Sidewalk Labs, who's directly involved in 15-minute city implementation around the globe. They celebrated the expanded data collection as forging a new standards of what all cities have to do. Adam's presentation of the event focused on food consumption, particularly beef, poultry, and dairy. Imagine that. That's what they always seem to be going after all the time, right? Oh, we can't eat eggs. Eggs are bad for the environment. You don't need those those free range, you know, eggs. Make three fats and bioactive proteins. You can digest really well. No, 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 no. You need to be eating your soy burger, bro. You need your soy burger stapled in canola oil with MSG. That's the, that, that's the health, bro. Don't you understand that science? This is science. We're telling you. You're arguing with science, like Fauci said. If you disagree with me, you disagree with science. I am science. I am everything about science. Well, this is pretty much what Mayor Adams is now saying is that he knows everything now about food because he now is a vegan and he eats only plant food. His presentation, he said, food is the third biggest source of the city's emission right now after building and transportation. But not all food is created equal. The vast majority of food that is contributing to our mission crisis lies in meat and dairy products. He claims that changing New Yorkers' eating habits will have both climate and health benefits. He said, we already know that a plant-powered diet is better for your physical and mental health. I am living proof of that, and we're finding out now it's even better for the planet. They added into the project that it will also pioneer new ways for other cities to measure emissions from urban consumption, building data inventories and partnership with city businesses such as supermarkets and retailers is important for cities to measure, plan, and act to ensure our cities become better places to live and have sustainable business. In the same press release, he announced that New York City has now signed on to the C40 Good Food Cities Accelerator. I told you guys I was going to get into this. This is a crazy group right here. Listen to this. The C40 Good Food Cities Accelerator is signed by cities committed to achieving planetary healthy diet by 2020, defined by eating almost extensively all plant-based food with no meat and virtually no dairy and having less food waste overall. The C40 Cities Climate Leadership Group is one of the ones Forest uh, working on driving the implementation of 15-minute city projects across the world. The group compromises of 96 mayors of cities from around the world and is funded by major corporations, including ah, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Cha-ching! I figured you guys would like that punchline. Mayor Adams' announcement about the C40 Food Cities declaration suggests the city will be serving less meat in the future. Officials from his administration did not specify the target or standards will be used, but they did indicate there will be caps on meat. They said they are developing set maximums for the number of time that meat can be served each week and introduces the plant-based proteins and a floor for that. New York City has now instituted meatless Mondays and vegan Fridays in public schools last year where children are served food such as pre-packaged plant-based burritos that receive reviews such as nasty Sad and pathetic on the Brian Leher Collins show. Meals in the city's hospitals are now made ve- uh, vegetarian by default as well. Remember what I told you guys before. This is exactly what they've done in countries over in Europe now. This is what they're starting to do out in California as well. They start with the schools and they start with the hospitals because they're getting state and city funding. You feed the, the basically the people that are in the hospital, the patients that are sick or recovering. 
You feed them garbage. You keep them sicker. Now you feed the children more garbage, more sore burgers, more canola burgers, more just complete and total garbage brewed up in these labs hit with all types of unknown toxins that they have in this stuff. And, uh, hey, it's healthy for the planet. You eat garbage while we fly our private jets around the world and tell you how everybody needs to keep eating garbage because, well, you know, it's rules for thee and not for me. This is crazy what they're doing in New York. Remember New York? This just came after, what, a month ago where they came out and said they're now banning all new gas stoves in all buildings now. Period. Banning. Done. Everything's got to go electric. Can't have any gas. I mean, we all know that you know natural gas and propane, it's such a filthy thing for the environment. So we need to make sure we have our coal-burning power plants that are ramping up their electricity so we can keep using more electric in a city that's already massively hurting as far as with the electrical grid. And this comes at the same time. They are now stating in New York City nearly half, half of New York City hotel rooms are now filled with migrants. Eric Mayor Adams, again, the imminent infinite stupidity. He's just getting he's getting lit up today. They said since the end of last year, nearly seventy thousand border crossers and illegal aliens have arrived in the sanctuary city of New York. For months, Adams has been giving out lucrative contracts to the city's powerful real estate industry, which houses tens of thousands of migrants in the hotel. They're saying already now $75 million in bills has been put up for border crossers and illegal aliens, including up in the Manhattan's iconic Roosevelt Hotel. They said this week, Adams said nearly half the city's hotel rooms are now filled with illegals, calling waves of illegal immigration an onslaught that officials are struggling to deal with. He went on to say here, we're paying for this. So instead of monies coming from people who are visiting us and spending our tourism and Broadway plays, instead of them using their hotels – we are having to use these hotels. He's known the cost of illegal immigration in New York, who is now paying about $5 million a day now is what the bill is starting to rack up. $5 million a day, which, by the way, is far exceeded by roughly around $4.3 billion they are now saying is loss in tourism factored in. He said when you take hotels offline and use it for migrants, they are not getting the residual impacts. We need support from the country as far as financial support now. Can't make this up. Five million dollars a day to house migrants in the Roosevelt Hotel and other hotels around New York City, and they're touting it as, "Oh, this is a great thing. We need to be doing this. is It's promoting diversity, and we're helping these people out." Uh, but we're becoming insolvent, so we need some federal government backing now. We need a couple billion to help support the city uh, because we can't keep doing this. Hey, and by the way, while you're here, you're only going to be able to eat plant lab-based meat or plant-based meat or whatever else they want to feed you with more and more toxins in it than we can even figure out. But hey, it's this is it's it's science, guys. We're doing it for your protection. We're putting them in hotels. We're feeding you plant-based everything, and uh, it's for your safety and protection. It's for the environment because obviously you don't want to be an environment climate killer. So we're doing it for you because we know it's best for you. This falls right back into the same ideology that happened during COVID, where these government officials continually violate the Constitution and violate the rights of the citizens. While telling everybody it's for your own good, it's for your safety, while we're here to protect you. What do you think, Dad? <laughs> you know, often I, you, you, you know, you sit back and you just kind of shake your head and say, how in the world can these people be so stupid? They want, like you said, they want you to eat soy and MSG and soy milk and coconut milk and just, and just poison yourself. And, it, and, it is, and this is what happens all the time. 
And we see the deterioration of the health of the United States. We see the deterioration of the health of the world. It's all part of the eugenics program as far as stopping the reproductive process of the human beings. I guess the uh, fallen angels and other entities that run this planet have decided that the uh, ant colony has gotten too big and they've got to cull the herd, I guess. I mean, that's apparently what they're doing. And, of course, you know, we got the Bilderberger Group meeting again over there. This time they're eating, meeting over in Europe again right now. And you kind of sit back and you wonder who these clowns are. And you start realizing that a lot of these guys are, you know, involved also in the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. And you find that Peter Thiel now is also one of Jeffrey Epstein's buddies and apparently was involved with him. And so on and on and on and on. It's the same little circle of people all the time that basically do all of this stuff. And you kind of sit back and just shake your head and go, well, why won't the people pay attention? Why won't the people look? Why won't the people do something about this? And then you got to go back to the normalcy bias. People really, really, really want to have their country back. People really want to basically say, "Hey, look, we're going to go back to you know Andy of Mayberry. We're going to go back to you know you know what what we what we're supposed to have back in the United States of America." And, and but you know we're gonna, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And the problem is, as long as we continue to think that, and we basically absorb what they're doing to us, and we basically have this normalcy bias in us. Uh, we're not going to change it. You can't. You've got to realize that the United States, as we once knew it, you know, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. I mean, it's even as messed up as the 70s were, is nothing compared to what we have right now. I mean, we didn't have open sitcoms with openly gay characters in the, in the 70s or 80s or even 90s. I mean, this all happened when Ellen DeGeneres came out of the closet and all the weird stuff with all that back in the 90s. I mean, this whole thing has been a progressive slide of the United States morality structure to where we are today. And so the people that are my age and even in their 30s and 40s and 50s, even you, Austin, you know, you look back at the way it was when you were a kid, you know, when we used to be able to go to Disney World without having to be concerned about having, you know, you know, 80 percent of the employees over there being gay and, you know, and, and flaunting their gay lifestyle in front of the kids that are there. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's it, you know, it, it, no, it, it, so everybody wants it back the way it was. The problem is it doesn't it's not going to go back. I'm going to tell you this right now. You know, we're proceeding towards the book of Revelation. All we can do and hope for at this point is to wake up as many people as we possibly can as, as these seals in the book of Revelation start to open. And, and that's, that's where we find ourselves in the United States and in the world. You know, it's not that the cultural degradation has occurred only in the United States. The entire LGBTQ transgender movement is also all over Europe. And, you know, we've talked to you guys so many times about that when a guy has this surgery and, you know, he's got gender you know, dysmorphia and he, he basically is pretty, pretty much mentally ill and has all kinds of hormonal problems and he has his appendages cut off and it leaves a gaping hole there and is constantly trying to heal and constant infections, constant infections with constant incontinence and having to wear diapers all the time. I mean, nobody in their right mind would do this, period. They just wouldn't do it. They say, well, I'm, I'm not going to be involved in any of this stuff. It's too twisted and too messed up. And they're going to have a lifetime of sickness and disease and infections, and the, and the, and the suicide rate of these folks bust their hearts are about 50% anyhow. It's going to get even higher because they think that they're going to find happiness by having their genitalia cut off. It doesn't work that way. Happiness, if you look at, use that term, is based on happenings, and there will never be enough happenings in their life to basically accept being happy. It doesn't work that way. You know, the righteousness, peace, and joy through the filling of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can bring anybody any righteousness, peace, or joy. That's it. Without that, we don't have anything that we can actually hang our hat on, so to speak, because at that point, you know, we realize that God is the most important thing that we have to follow, that without God, you know, all things are futile, period. I mean, even Solomon on all of his quote, 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 unquote, you know, riches and glory was probably the richest man ever in the history of the world, probably a multi-trillionaire. It could have been a quadrillionaire. I mean, used to have silver dumps outside of Jerusalem because they couldn't have enough people to count the silver that was coming in. So they have guard stations around the silver dumps, you know, mountains of silver. I mean, he was unhappy. 
he ended up basically following foreign gods and you know multiple women, a thousand women and concubines and and basically ladies that he was with and I wouldn't call them ladies, but the reality is they dragged him to these foreign idols and he started setting up altars to Baal and and worshiping other gods and sacrificing the children of Israel to these demon and god, demonic gods. All of this stuff shows you that the money and the stuff's not going to make you happy. It's the infilling of the Holy Spirit because human beings are always seeking something more, something more, something more. And then finally, you have to have peace. And then finally, you know, Solomon even said, you know, in, in one of his Proverbs, he said, it's better to have one handful with peace and tranquility than two to three handfuls with strife and chasing after the wind. And then we go back to the same thing that people say, you know, where there is jealousy and envy, there is every evil work. You know, you can't be jealous because your neighbor's got a new car. You can't be jealous because your neighbor's, you know, moving to a bigger house. You can't be jealous because your neighbor bought a plane. You can't be jealous about this stuff. Be happy for people when they're blessed. And realize that a lot of times that, you know, when you give to other people and you help other people, the blessings come back to you, too. That, that's the law of, you know, of sowing and reaping. The Bible talks about so clearly. You know, I, I know when I go to restaurants, you know, and I may split a meal. It's not because I'm not trying to, you know, save ten dollars or whatever. It's because I'm, I don't want the calories. And, 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 you know, and what's interesting about that, whenever I do that and I've got a server waiting on me, I will always tip the waitress or the waiter as if I'd ordered two full meals because they're doing just as much work splitting the meals and doing everything else. So instead of the bill being $40, it's $20. You know, so what am I going to do? Give them, you know, $4 tip and they did just as much work for a $40 tip instead of, you know, an $8 tip. And I'm going to say something to you. This is, and I, I talked to a friend of mine about this yesterday. Jim Rohn said this, and, and it, 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 I'll, I'll use his vernacular to start with, and I'll explain it in today's common sense. You know, he was talking about it. this is back in the 70s and the 80s, and he he was talking about he said you always need to be a two quarter person, okay, for a tip. Now of course nobody gives quarters or tips anymore. We got that. That's that's 40, 50 years ago. I got that. So let's let's say if you say if I want to give this person a five dollar tip or a ten dollar tip, there you go. That'll be a, that'll be the easier analogy. And what I've learned is this: if I'm waiting, if somebody's waiting on the table and they give me good service, and I think for a second, should I give them five dollars or should I give them ten dollars? I always go with the ten dollar tip, okay. And you say, well, why would you do that? Well, number one is they're, they're making a living. You know, if they're a lady or they're a guy, they're, they're paying bills. They got car payments. They got house payments. They got kids. They got child care. They got all the stuff that they have to pay anyhow, like all the rest of us do. So I always think about it for a second. You know, if, I give, if they give me good service, I always go with the amount that I think in my head to start with rather than cutting a tip back. And here's why I've done that. I've done it before the other way where you get the $5. And you get the car and you go, gosh, I can't believe I was being petty like that. It's $5. And I got to get out of the car, walk back into the restaurant, find the waiter, find the waitress, give me the other $5, say, sorry, my tip wasn't big enough. You say, well, do you really do that kind of stuff? Yeah, I really do. Because I don't want to think about it for the whole day for $5. It's not worth it to me. I'd rather just go ahead and be a two-quarter person or a two $5 bills person. That's the way I look at life now. Because I realize that, you know, everybody's got bills to pay. Everybody has things they're doing. They're trying to, you know, create a new life for them or their family or their children or whatever. And we need to support one another in all the things that we do. And that's why I thank you guys so much for supporting Health Masters. You know, you know every, every once in a while, I, I get a letter in them. Sometimes they come in, and they're kind of yuck, and I end up deleting and blocking them anyhow. But they'll come in, and they're chewing us out because they agree with 90% of what we say, but 10% they don't agree with. And so I get this nasty letter in. And I'm like, that's nice. And, and you know, and, 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 and invariably, every single time I get one of those, I'll call the office up and I'll say, did so-and-so ever order anything from Health Masters? And 99.99% of the time, they'll say, no, we have no idea who that is. <laughs> just what, and so I've learned something. I had a pastor say it to me one time, Austin, givers never kick and kickers never give. And, and I've seen that. But I want you guys to know, I prayed for every one of you this morning. Whether you like the show 100% or not, and good luck finding a show you agree with with everybody and everything they say, or whether you love the show or you don't love the show and you listen to the show, 
I still pray for you to be blessed every day. I pray protection over you every single day. So does that mean that you should be praying for me or supporting health masters? That's your choice. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I know this. I've learned over the years that when I support people who basically are doing the best they possibly can, it comes back as a blessing back to me. Ziegler said it this way. Zig Ziegler, a good friend of mine, has passed away now with the Lord. And he said, if you're willing to help enough other people get what they want out of life, you'll get everything you want. And he's exactly right. That's why we do the program. That's why we bring you this program uninterrupted with no commercials, period. Because I don't like commercials. Don't like them. I can't stand them. You know, you listen to some of these other talk shows, you got like literally 37 minutes of commercials in one hour. Austin and I decided, you know, eight years ago or whenever it was we started the show, 2,000 episodes ago, that we weren't going to do that. We're going to let Health Masters buy the entire clock and let the listeners support the broadcast. And that's what we did. And you guys have been great. And I want to thank you, by the way, for that. But I do, I do have to admit, though, sometimes I do pray a special blessing on the people who buy stuff from us. I mean, even if you get your toothpaste from us, don't buy fluoride toothpaste or get your deodorant. By the way, our deodorant, our magnesium chloride deodorant, is the best deodorant I've ever used. I mean, it's an amazing product because magnesium chloride doesn't allow bacterial growth and it stops smell, period. You know, the other stuff like Tom's deodorant, I mean, it's okay, but it doesn't last very long. But our stuff is amazing in what it does. So when you get, so, and you're already using toothpaste, you're already using deodorant. So if you say, well, I'm not going to get $125 worth of deodorant to get free shipping. Okay, well, then buy some other stuff. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I can say. And so here's the thing is when you support the show and you support Health Masters, it means the world to us. So thank you again. I was on with, I'll be on with Doug tonight, and uh, you guys will enjoy the show. I'm going to cover a lot of health stuff. We're also going to promote the seminar for Saturday. Uh, and a lot of you have asked me now about Zoom. A lot of you in other countries want to do a Zoom meeting. A lot of you guys all over the country want to do a Zoom meeting with this. We are not set up for that. Not in the church location, so we really can't do that. So I apologize to you for that. I really, I've not really thought about that, or we'd have made some arrangements for all that. But you know, it's going to be a good. And right now, we've got, we've got a limited amount of seats left. Uh, we, but we don't, we don't have that many people coming, so it'll be fun. So if we have to, we'll sit it down to a roundtable discussion and just have a fireside chat with you guys. I'm good with that too. So I'm looking forward to doing that tomorrow with you guys. Actually, in Dade City from 10 to 12, you know, at the AME Mount Zion, you know, church there in Dade City. And you can see that all this stuff's posted. We get another email on that yesterday as you can look it up. But we have to reject the normalcy bias that's engulfed our country because everybody wants to go back to normal. This is a really good article from townhall.com. It says one of the most powerful tactics that the left arsenal is leveraging is the reluctance of conservatives to accept that the foundational reality of our society has changed. We are not a free country in the sense that we were a decade ago. The Durham report just showed our ruling caste collectively framing a president they disliked, and we all know there will be zero consequences. Like there was zero consequences with Hillary, zero consequences with Podesta, zero consequences with Obramovich with all the soul cooking and all the weird stuff they were involved in. But part of the reason is human nature. The left exploits our normalcy bias, the tendency to assume that things right now are the same as they've always been or will return to those as it always was. Yet this is not normal. The whole political, cultural morass that America has fallen into is the opposite of normal, and some of us just can't handle the truth. Some of us will not accept this is, this is not the society that we grew up in. It's not even the society our kids grew up in. It's something wholly other, a society where the norms and rules and guidelines that we thought existed that had existed right up until the left took over all of the institutions through the Frankfurt School no longer exist at all. And the fact that many of our conservatives refuse to acknowledge the obvious because to acknowledge it will require them to take action. Radical action, you know, like Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida to the howling horror of the commies. The, the, the normalcy bias, the assumption that things still work as they used to, is what allows the left to get away with its shenanigans. 
but nothing works the way it used to. And it's beyond reasonable argument that the left has infiltrated almost all of our major institutions, like a virus infecting a healthy cell. Leftism takes over the institutions and uses the institution structure to manufacture even more leftism, and that spawn goes on and on and on and infects more institutions. It has taken over Hollywood. Now, we're talking about – now, he's not bringing this in here, but I'm going to say this. This is a Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan network that runs Hollywood. It runs the colleges. It runs admission boards. It runs big corporations. It runs much of the government. It's, it's what did 9-11. It's what did the Vietnam War. It's what pushed the drugs out of Southeast Asia into the global economy. It's what set up the banking sector with the Vatican Bank and laundered money through the Vatican Bank in the 50s and 60s and the 70s, Operation Condor and Operation Gladio. It's the same group that does all of this stuff. And it's at the very highest core we talked about this. It deals with fallen angels and other entities and other dimensions. You know, and then it goes on to say it's got the military. It's got the NFL and, of course, the regime media. And the left has shamelessly politicized every one of them. They now focus on not just the jobs but on pumping out more leftism. Yet all of these institutions still demand the respect that they had back when they were non-political and were dedicated to their actual purposes. The military was about fighting our enemies. Now it's about transgenderism in the military. The justice system was about prosecuting criminals. Now it's about protecting the criminals. The NFL was about football, but now it's about political correctness. The beer companies were about providing refreshments to dudes who do not pretend to be chicks. <laughs> i got to repeat that one. The beer companies were about providing refreshment to dudes who did not pretend to be chicks. So what do they do? They put a dude who's pretending to be a chick on the can. <laughs> I love this article, but none of that is true now. The purpose of every one of these political institutions is now to promote leftism and all its attendant social pathologies. Yet they still demand the respect and deference and obedience that they were getting back when they were actually doing their jobs. It's all a lie. It's all a scam. These are not the institutions they once were because they've been bought up and paid for by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, who basically are controlled by the bloodline families, who are controlled by the Luciferians, who are controlled by the synagogue of Satan. So that's who they are. There's something completely different, but they exploit the habitual, residual respect, and unfortunately, far too many conservatives still give over, give over, give over to them by default. Conservatives are conservative by nature. They don't like change in the sense they prefer the traditional ways of doing things. Though a real conservative today must demand change, change back to the way it used to be. Conservatives understand that the tradition of freedom and liberty and limited government are the basis of free society, and it was what started the United States of America. The United States was built on the Protestant work ethic, which they don't even teach in schools anymore. Because all of these Protestants, primarily from Germany and England and France, came over to the United States in the 1700s, 1800s, and early 1900s, and they wanted freedom, but they didn't have it in their own countries. And they worked hard, and they accomplished things, and they want that back. And these institutions used to be part of that. They used to be the essential elements of that, but they aren't anymore. They are now the enemy of freedom and liberty and limited government. It's just hard for some conservatives and you know the squishy type to wrap their collective head around that reality. And that's why you get people, when you're on the right, to see something like a hero Marine subduing a lunatic mutant on the subway, and they immediately assert that we should somehow wait until the justice system grinds the hero into dust before we actually take a stand for him. Because the Marine stood up and protected somebody and saved somebody's life, but he's a bad person because he saved somebody's life. Because he acted out of you know bravery when he was on the subway. He saved somebody's life, but it wasn't the police who did it. So this guy has to be a misogynistic pig. This is how they feel. And, and all of this stuff needs to realize that we need to wake up. And we need to look at the world as it is, and we need to get rid of the normalcy bias. It has to go away, and we have to understand that unless we say what it is and we call it out for what it is, it's not going to get any better, guys. It can't. But we've got too many wussies now, soy boys, you know, meow boys, whatever you want to call them, that are running around doing their thing. The other night I was out at dinner, and it was, it was crazy. I had a I had a friend with me, and 
and we were having dinner and some guy sits down with a girl and he's a meow boy. First thing he starts doing is slamming Christianity. I'm sitting there listening to him going, oh, gosh. But he stops that after a few minutes. That's okay. But he, he talked like a pansy. He walked like a pansy. He looked like a pansy. And he's trying to protect, the, you know, impress this girl. And finally, I, I got so nauseous, I had to get up and leave. I couldn't deal with it. And then he started using bad language. And I, almost said, I almost said something to him. And I thought, no, I'm just going to leave. I said, he's trying to be something that he's not. He's pretending like he's an alpha male, but he's a wussy. And the sad part about it is, is this was, is this was the dating field that now we see with so many ladies and women out there. They're trying desperately to find an alpha male. They can't find one. And, you're, and you got the same thing with the guys. They're desperately trying to find a feminine, feminine woman who doesn't want to be a liberal commie. And they can't find those. It's just, I mean, it's crazy. And again, I had a person ask me a few years ago, I can't find a decent wife. I can't find somebody to date. I can't deal, I can't deal with this leftist communism nonsense and this Frankfurt School nonsense and this feminism. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, bud. I'm, you know, because I was married to Sharon, had a great marriage. I said, I, I don't know what to tell you. And I tell you what, now that I'm back in this scene, I realize it is a lot worse than I ever thought it was going to be. And I started to, start to realize that the cultural Marxism that has permeated our society is pretty much destroyed the fabric of our society and destroyed the fabric of the family in the United States. That's why all of us who are conservatives, who've got great marriages or great wives or great families or great children, we've got to stand the course and we have to stand with Jesus, period. And we've got to realize that he is the author and he is the finisher and he is the perfecter of our faith. And husbands, take the leadership role in your family. Pray with your family every single day. Pray with your kids every single day. Ladies, if you're not married, you take the leadership role from a spiritual standpoint. You pray with your families every single day. Guys, if you're not married and you're running and raising a family by yourself, which happens a lot, do it again. But make sure you raise your children in the way of the Lord. You change them. You teach them how to make it, maintain a conservative mindset. You know, Austin has that with his young kids. He's got them in jiu-jitsu. He's got them in church all the time. He goes out with camping adventures and hotel adventures and all the stuff that he does all the time because he's raising those kids up the way they should have been raised back in the 50s. Did I say that? Yes, I said that. He keeps them off the iPads. He keeps them off the iPhones. They don't have iPhones and iPads. You know, they're only five and seven. They don't need that stuff. I kept my kids away from that stuff until they're like 15 years old. And then it was a disaster when I gave it to them, and I had to keep taking it away from them. I remember one time Harrison is so funny. I'm going to tell you a little funny story with him. He hates it when I do this. So I'm going to do it anyhow. But he was at a school, and he turned his phone off. And I was trying to pick him up. You know, he's in college. He's 15 years old. He hasn't got a driver's license yet. And I go to pick him up, and he had been real sneaky. He had turned his phone off. And I told him, I said, you know, don't do that again. And he started like crawfish about doing this and doing that and not having service and all that. And I said, here's how it's going to work. So I took his phone. This is terrible, but I did this. And I had a pickup truck with a diesel engine in it. And I took the phone and I put it underneath the edge of the tire. And I said, now we're going to have this discussion again. And if we don't have the discussion the right way this time, I'm back in the truck over your phone. <laughs> he looked at me he goes, dad, let's have the discussion again and let's do it right this time. And he did and, and because I was fixing to crush the phone. You know, and I've broken so many phones from my kids when they start messing with them. And you say, well, I can't believe you do that, Ted. You waste that. Well, it was a cheap phone. I've got to admit that it was a cheap phone. But the point was this. It was one of those things. You can't allow that social media to control these children. Because if you do that, especially at a young age, it will rewire their brains and they'll never be right in the head. What do you think, Austin? What do you think about it? Am I right about this one? Am I right, am I right about the social media? Am I right about the phones? Am I right about the iPads? What do you think about, about the normalcy bias? Uh, you're spot on about it. Well, I've always constantly talked about it as well. I've encouraged my friends and people I'm constantly around to train their children and raise their children and being little Americans. You know, the concept is of what we've seen in, even in the school system. You know, this, this whole school system, this public school system, this is a very new experiment that's turned into a catastrophic failure. 
I mean, up until about what, maybe a hundred years ago, probably less than that, this public school setting system was not even relevant. Didn't even exist. Kids most of the time had like a community school center and they'd have, you know, teachers or moms that were basically teachers that would work with the school and work with the kids. And a lot of stuff was hands-on and working and doing stuff. This concept now of sitting kids under LED lights for eight hours a day, keeping them in classrooms, keeping them in chairs, telling them to stare at iPads all day and do their school on iPads while the teachers lecture and drone them and tell every single child they have to learn the exact same thing in the exact same way and give the exact same interpretation of it with no deviation whatsoever makes zero sense at all. Everybody, a lot of times, learns different ways. They learn at different speeds. Some people, are, some kids are gifted and skilled in more certain areas than others. I'm not saying that means you should just, oh, well, my kid's not good at that, so we're not going to learn it. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is this concept has turned into pure, direct indoctrination. This is why they train kids now from the very early age of five to make sure that essentially you're in school sitting there following orders for eight hours a day. What else do people do later on eight hours a day whenever they get older? Work, right? That's what they do. They're training children to be good little eight-hour-a-day workers, sit there, follow orders, don't ask questions, do not speak until you're spoken to, ask to use the restroom, do exactly as you're told, follow along, do not deviate from the narrative, ingest every single thing we tell you, and it is take it as gospel. And essentially, if you do all this, then you'll graduate and you'll be a good little child. And then you maybe get into a college and you can do the exact same thing. That's not how learning, that's not how education, that's not how higher education was ever designed to be set up whatsoever. But the communists have realized that is and has been one of the most effective tools and strategies known to man in order to indoctrinate generation after generation. Because it's very difficult. Let's be real. It's very difficult. For these complete and total crazed lunatic communists to come in and indoctrinate somebody that's in their mid-20s or mid-30s, that's grown up strong and healthy and and smart and is educated in certain topics, it's very difficult because they have to deal with rebuttals and they have to deal with conversations and arguments and debates that doesn't go in their favor. So what they have found now is the easiest thing to do is, well… Punch in the school system. And this all started all the way back from the 60s. Once they started taking prayer out, once they started taking the Ten Commandments out, that was the beginning phase of them coming in and indoctrinating the entire school system. And that's what we've watched now. And now instead of using books or you know soft books and different types of hands-on, even pen on paper, pencil on paper, now everything's doggone digital. Now these kids walk around with iPads on school all day. So you're exactly right. But it's been one thing after another, after another, after another to slowly change the fabric of society. I mean, that's I saw an article the other day. They were talking about how starting next year, Hollywood and the Academy Awards has a whole laundry list of things that a movie has to have in it in order for it to get an Academy Award now. Not joking. They're taking the entire concept of filmmaking and art. And basically, you know, fantasy and movies, and they're completely and totally trying to force their agenda on it, which is, again, what these perverts constantly do. And the funny part about it is it's, it's like we've kind of seen this is a minority of people. It really is. You talk to the vast majority of the population. If you go travel anywhere, if you go out and about, you will find that the vast majority of people have very similar values in some essence. Now, there's going to be different beliefs, maybe different religions, different backgrounds, of course, by all means. But a lot of the basis, the American principles are very similar. 
But what you have now is you have this small, minute minority of people that are trying to push their agenda. Like, for example, with this whole transgender thing, nobody wants to talk about the horrific side effects that have come on after doing one of these transgender surgeries from a boy going to a girl. They don't want to talk about it at all. Oh, you're transphobic. You can't. Why are you obsessed with it? I've heard that. Why are you so obsessed with it? I'm not obsessed with it. You're obsessed. The transgenders are obsessed with pushing it on everybody and telling everybody we have to accept it. I would never bring this up at one single point in time in my life if they didn't try to shove it in our face. This is called counter response. <laughs> this is what happens when people try to shove it on you on a regular basis. You have to have a counter. You can't just sit there, but that's what they do. You're obsessed with it. You're, you're transphobic. You're obsessed with it. Not at all, by any means. I wish to I wish I wish I never had to talk about this topic ever. I wish just something. This is a fringe topic for weirdo guys that want to be cross-dressers at transgender bars, and that's where it stayed, and it's always stayed. It's civilization. This concept of going in and doing full-blown gender mutilation is nothing short of pure bar- barbarism. What it is? It's barbaric, disgusting. This this is the stuff to go back to medieval torture when they're going in and castrating people and cutting them open and pulling their guts out of them. This goes back to that, guys. This is all that medieval druid worship sadistic behavior, and they're trying to bring it back and normalize it as, oh, it's gender-affirming care. You can understand it's gender-affirming care. Do you not want them to have gender-affirming care? Are you, are you really that much of a science denier? You hate people? You don't want them to have gender-affirming care? That's the, that's the response they use all the time now. They try to pull this card. It's because remember, there's always – I've told you this from a psychological standpoint. There's always keywords that these individuals place in. They use it all the time. They use it in the mainstream media primarily. We saw this during COVID. Perfect example. 15 days, 14 days to flatten the curve. Slow the spread. Do your part. Remember, they'd have signs places. I remember walking around, and there were signs on the doors. Please wear a mask. Do your part. Mm, that's going to be a hard note for me, bud. I'm not doing any part of anything because I'm not participating in the pandemic, period. Just not participating. Well, you're an asymptomatic spreader. Mm, pretty sure I don't have COVID because everything I've heard, COVID's so bad that you got to go to the hospital, be put on remdesivir, and it kills you. Allegedly, that was the story. So which one is it? It's so bad that you have to be put in the hospital and everybody's dying from it, allegedly, or everybody's an asymptomatic spreader and you've got the virus and you don't even know you have it. Which one is it here? Because allegedly they're telling everybody if you tested positive on a PCR test that was completely and totally manipulated, uh, you, you need to quarantine at home. I'm not sick. I don't even have any symptoms. It doesn't matter. You're asymptomatic. I remember hearing about people having six and seven positive tests even after they were covered and weren't even sick. Positive, 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 positive. I mean, remember the one video in the parliament over in Europe that I cracks a can of Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola swabs it. Puts it in a PCR test. Test is positive for COVID. He goes, can somebody please explain this to me? Ah, oh, video is pulled off YouTube immediately. Oh, that's, that's fake information. That's misinformation. That the, the context isn't there with that story. I mean, I don't know, so I watched him do it. I mean, did he manipulate it? I don't know. But I can tell you one thing right now. We knew and we now know the whole thing's a lie. So now what they're trying to do is they're continually trying to stand on top of this. And I saw this thing earlier with the, this Durham report. And I mean, everything, everything they told us. During the Trump election, as far as the Russian collusion was all fabricated, as we knew it was. Not that I'm a huge Trump supporter or 
Trump culty. But I'll tell you one thing. I hate being lied to by anybody. I especially hate trying to have an attempted manipulation coup over us. Now we're finding out that basically Obama and Clintons and everybody was directly involved in this whole full FBI. This is why I have said repeatedly that the FBI needs to be completely dismantled from the bottom and be rebuilt from the top, you know, from the bottom up. I mean, what what we have now, there, there is <laughs> there is no aspect of them being a legitimate enforcement agency anymore, investigation agency whatsoever anymore now. Um, they're completely and totally corrupt from the core, and they have been for years. It's just gotten worse and worse and worse now. And yet, hey, nothing to see here. Oh, that's right. I saw another article earlier here. Now they're talking about $3 billion, $3 billion Pentagon accounting error means more arms for the Ukraine. <laughs> Thursday, when the Defense Department revealed it can now send more weapons to Ukraine without congressional spending approval after the Pentagon overestimated the value of the arms it had sent to Ukraine by $3 billion. Overestimated the value. Oh, so what we actually sent them, it wasn't valued at this much. It was valued at this much. So now we have $3 billion more in discretionary spending that we can give to uh, Ukraine now without congressional approval because, you know, that's just what we did. You know, whoopsie, whoops, oopsie, three billion. As it was our our fault on there. So hey, we got three billion dollar bigger bigger budget now. If you can't even understand how big and deep the military industrial complex is embedded in this Ukrainian conflict, alleged conflict right now, it goes so far deeper than I think anybody fully understands what's happening with the Pentagon and the weapons and weapon trafficking and what's going on in Ukraine. It is enormous on the scale that's happening right now. I've told you one of my real good buddies, a retired ranger, used to be a GRS contractor, told me a lot of stuff that's going on over there. And I told you guys before, the entire premise of what they're doing is moving and trafficking weapons through Ukraine and and dispersing them in a spider web organizational style type across the entire globe to whatever country they need them. And there are there are reports that he has told me. Now, whether or not this is accurate or not, this is just what he had told me, is that the weapons are circulating. They're having a circulatory effect. They're circling back and going through Africa, basically washing them, so to speak, and they're coming back into South America into the Mexican drug cartel. That's what's happening right now with a lot of these weapon systems that are going over there. The whole thing is complete and total farce. If people go, no, you don't understand, Austin. This, this is we got to do this. It's for it's for for your safety. We got to we got to support Ukraine for your safety. I'm telling you right now, Russia has no interest in getting in a nuclear conflict with the United States. Nor does the United States have any intention on getting in a nuclear conflict with Russia. I told this before, and I've told you guys again. The concept of nuclear holocaust war across the globe makes zero sense even from a globalist standpoint. Why in the world are you going to build trillions of dollars of 5G infrastructure, have the ability to brainwash billions of people through the television, continue to control and manipulate every aspect of what people see and do, and you're going to wipe all that out with the flick of one switch and essentially declare the vast majority of the United States and other countries nuclear wastelands with fallout and the, the ability to no longer use them with no infrastructure in place whatsoever uh there's a lot more efficient ways to kill billions of people kind of like inject them with rna gene therapy and tell them it's for their health and safety Ooh, yeah maybe that would be a little bit easier <laughs> just you guys do one when one plus one equals two and when it sounds like a duck and it quacks like a duck and you look at it and it's a duck more than likely it's probably 
going to be a duck? And this is what we're watching now. So again, always ask questions. Always question the narrative of what you're seeing right now. This whole thing in New York with this plant-based push and them wanting to restrict meat sales and all this other crazy stuff. Guys, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning phase if people go along with this. I hope. Now, I know. I've known New Yorkers. A lot of them are pretty resilient. A lot of them are tough, too, growing up in that city. I really hope New Yorkers really stand up to this. And I mean, they, they, they like their food up there. I mean, some, there's some of the best food in the country is up in New York that they have, some of those restaurants up there. So I really hope they take a real big step back and say, what are you doing? How about we just don't comply? How about we do serve meat whenever we want? How about we sell as much as we want? How about we eat as much as we want whenever we want? If I want grass-fed beef, if I want free-range eggs, I will eat them any day I want of the week at any point in time. The problem with it is people have lost the fishtut now. They've lost so the gut, so to speak, and a lot of people were beat down during COVID. I know that for a fact, especially in other states that were really rough. I've talked to people, and I had listeners and customers email me. They're like, bro, it's brutal. People are just – they're they're just, they're, they're, it's like the, the one old adage would say the beatings will continue until the morale improves. That's what they did to a lot of people in certain states in the United States. It was disgusting how people were treated. I mean, remember the stories of people being at churches in their cars, listening to the pastors on their radio while the pastors spoke and preached outside in the front grass lawn? What was that over in uh, Mississippi, I think? The law enforcement was coming by, kidding people. For violating stay inside, stay at home, 15 days to slow the spread orders? Are you kidding me? That was happening in a free country. Do not forget what they did and understand they did it once. They will push it harder to do it again. That's why I've encouraged so many people. You have to have the ability to be self-sufficient when it comes to food. Whether you want some meat buckets or gamut food buckets or you set up a greenhouse and you're growing your own food. I mean, right now, we're working on three different avocado trees that we started from seeds. Atlanta's working on all this stuff with their greenhouse now. You don't need a lot of room, really. I mean, if you're trying to grow massive, copious amounts of food to feed a city, you do. But, I mean, if you're working on your own food and your neighbor's working on this and they're working on that, and you all are working on different things, you can all swap and trade out. Guys, newsflash, that's how everything used to function for thousands of years. <laughs> this new concept that the government has to babysit everybody and change everybody's diaper and feed them their formula bottles every day is a very, very new concept here in the United States. So again, continue to stay sufficient. Keep your children strong. Keep them in the Bible. By all means, teach them biblical values and ethics and continue to raise little Americans and encourage others to do the same. What do you think, Dad? You, you know, uh, Austin, some things are actually getting better. I will say that. And, and here, here's one of them because I talked about how we're basically falling into the slippery slope of the hell. And But one thing is getting better. The United Nations now is saying that confidence in childhood vaccines is down 44% worldwide. That's a big deal. You know, this is something that's, you know, been my – big push button for the last 40 years. I mean, I've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And now the United Nations is all mad because they're saying that because of the COVID forced vaccines, people are really starting to question it. And, you know, I've talked to multiple people, you know, we have some friends of ours, you know, one of them, you've known her for, you guys went to school together when you were young and went to church together and she's got three kids and, and she was really kind of iffy on the vaccines to start with. And then the COVID thing happened and she started doing research on it. And now she's adamantly opposed to them. In a new report conducted by the Vaccine Confidence Project, published by the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, concluded that confidence in childhood vaccines has dropped 44 percent in 52 countries in recent years. The survey reported that 55 countries and all but three countries, China, India, and Mexico, showed a steep decline in vaccine confidence at the start of the COVID pandemic. Thank God for that. South Korea, 
and Papua New Guinea saw a 40% decline. In Ghana, Senegal, and Japan saw more than a one-third decrease in the belief in the importance of childhood vaccines following the pandemic. In the United States, there was a decline of 13.6% in the belief that vaccines were important for children. That's sad the United States was only 13.6. Again, it shows the unbelievably dumbing, the big, huge dumbing down of the American population. The report said that an estimated 67 million children did not receive vaccinations from otherwise would have been before the pandemic was declared, with an estimated 48 million children not receiving any routine childhood vaccinations at all. Wow. Overall vaccination levels fell in 112 countries during the COVID pandemic. And, and you know, it was interesting about it. It says that the government lockdowns drove down the childhood vaccination rates. You're breathing, Aussie. Uh, the uh, the trend of fewer vaccines given to children has been occurring since the COVID pandemic was declared by the United Nations. Okay, Austin, you need to mute your microphone, please. Uh, health officials of the World Health Organization, who in early 2020, during the lockdowns instituted by governments in most developed nations, many parents were not able to take their young children to the pediatrician vaccinations, which is a good thing. According to the investigation conducted by Scientific America, during the first month and a half after the COVID pandemic was declared, vaccination across the U.S. declined sharply. States showed anywhere from a 1% to a 60% decrease in vaccination when comparing the total number of vaccinations given in April 2019, April 20. In New York City, vaccination in general was down 63%. It was down 91% in children below, below the age of below the age of, 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 of two years. Now, I'm going to say this again. It's very important that we understand this. You know, children and, and human beings in general basically cannot produce you know, antibodies being caused by the vaccines until they're two years of age. And all of these vaccines given to these children that are firstborn, newborn, hepatitis vaccines, all of this stuff is simply to program the parent to be taking these children to the pediatrician on an ongoing basis. And all that does is cause all kinds of health issues and immune responses from the children, including, you know, brain swelling. So it's very important if you decide you're not going to vaccinate your children to basically do the research and have a reason for that and understand that vaccines are seriously dangerous for almost everybody, especially for young children, including the 18-month MMR vaccine, which has been directly linked now to autism. So stay away from this stuff as best you possibly can because, guys, it's so important that we all realize that this stuff is basically something we need to be aware of. By the way, Biden has announced Dr. Monica Bertinoli as basically the nominee for the director of NIH. But remember, she had 116 grants from Pfizer. I mean, you, you can't even make this stuff up on who these guys put in these positions of power and, and realize that these people are completely and totally compromised as far as their decision when it comes to medicine. In my opinion, they are. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. It really, really is it's, it's, it's in a sense. By the way, Adidas now, <laughs> Riley Cage is demanding athletes boycott Adidas for having a biological male model now pose in a new woman's swimmer, swimwear campaign that features ex-Olympic diver Tom Daly. Unbelievable. Now, sports were giant. I mean, I mean, okay, stop for a second. Okay, Austin, we got to talk for a second, okay? Now, you know, we, we got Adidas doing this now. And now, so we got a dude in women's swimwear. Now, I don't know who that's supposed to appeal to. To me, that's just completely nauseating. I mean, I, I, first of all, we know it's a dude. We see him in the swimwear. Unless it's a clown show and we're making fun of him and that we still don't want to see it, why are we supposed to think this is supposed to be pretty? And, and it's, just, it's just, you know, when I see a man dressed like a woman – and I think it's a woman. I'll be honest with you, it just ticks me off because it's, it's weird to me because I'm, I'm an alpha male and I don't like that sickness and that weirdness. And so, you know, you would think after the Bud campaign and all the crazy stuff that happened to them with a massive drop in market share, not even with Michelob and Bush, that they would realize that this is just not OK, that we pretty much need to stop doing this. But they're not because the same Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan that owns all of these different companies controls the money supply and the marketing and the advertising and the media. And so that's why they're pushing their agenda. And it's going to be as perverse as it was in Berlin in the 20s. 
And this is the thing that we run into. It's going to get that bad. They had cabarets in Germany where they had open bestiality on stages. It was just, it was sick. It was perverse. It was weird because they were trying cultural degradation. Into, it was all brought to you by the Kabbalists for that too, by the way. It was they were trying to culturally degrade Germany. And, and that's one of the reasons that the Third Reich came in so strong because when Hitler saw what was going on with this, and I'm not, I'm not a fan of Hitler. Don't get me wrong. But when he saw this, he says they're destroying the culture, and if we don't stop this, we're going to basically have a mess, and Germany will be Germany no more. And he was right about that. And they've done the same thing globally now. All these other Western United countries in the United, and the United States, as far as degrading our societies, and this is a group that does it. But now Riley Gaines demands athletes boycott Adidas for having a biological male pose in a new women's swimmer campaign. I, I don't even have to say. And I mean, I mean, the perversion has no boundaries at this point. And unless we stand against it and stop the normalcy bias and realize that this is not coming back to the way it used to be, it's not going to get any better. I had the opportunity to pray for you guys today, and I, I love you. Uh, please make sure to listen to me on Hagman. Not you like the show. I'm going to cover the updated list of the top 10 foods never to eat. I also go into detail about what's going on with the mRNA shots, what to do with that. And I also go into detail about the seminar we're doing tomorrow. So you guys listen to the Hagman show tonight. You're really going to love it. And I had the opportunity to pray for you again. I told you that earlier. And I love you guys. And I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I will talk to you guys again tonight and on Monday. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing you made a comment that was very interesting. It was valid with the United Nations talking about vaccine hesitancy now. It's a big problem with vaccine hesitancy. Well, yeah, no duh. It's a problem because people are realizing they don't want to get this shot anymore. People are realizing they don't want to get children's shots anymore. Like I said, Dad mentioned earlier, I know multiple people, multiple people who were not not even questioning vax at all they simply went oh yeah well i got them when i was a kid you know i'm just fine i'm 40 now i don't have any health problems i'm good i got a couple shots when i was younger and i'm like you don't understand that's not what it was back 40 years ago when they were giving shots out i said it's a whole different world now with what they've done it's so many people now that i know have actually really started to question the entire concept of vaccines and for good reason because they've completely and totally manipulated that concept whatsoever, and they've twisted it into the, what they wanted it to be to continue to push this massive, massive debacle that we're running into now. Where, I mean, you've got this autism rate that's going to the roof. People can't seem to figure out what's the main culprit. Why autism back in the 80s was virtually non-existent for the most part. I mean, it was very, very low for, for what it was. And, I mean, now they're talking about you know, 30, 32 out of 1. Now they're talking about by 2032, if the rate goes to continue going, it's going to be 1 out of 2 autistic. Well, obviously something's happening. I just made me so mad when that article came out a month ago. They said, it's not that autism rates are going up. It's the fact that we're getting better at being able to identify it. We're figuring out how to identify it better. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you guys lie. It's nauseating. No, it's most definitely going up, just like the health of the United States is continually going down because they're continually pumping in so much toxins into the food supply that mostly majority of people don't even notice, don't even know about, while at the same time feeding everybody drug after drug after drug after drug, and they promote it. Not just with mainstream media as far as on commercials, not just that, on TV shows. Constantly always notice how every single time there's a on a movie scene or something like that, if a health thing comes up, they're always, oh, well, he's got to get triple bypass surgery. He's got to go to the doctor and get his meds. And they, always, they always promote it real subtle-like, real subtly. 
Now I'm sure it's probably gotten even worse in newer films. I, I don't watch many newer films ever, actually, at all. I don't have television. And so I just I have no interest in watching most of the garbage that's out there now. I told you guys earlier, this crazy stuff they're doing now in Hollywood. I was reading something about it earlier, and they're saying that you've got to meet like multiple group A, group B, group C, or like two of the above. One of those you have to have at least a lead, at least one lead or significant supporting actor from an unrepresented racial or ethnic group. Also, the main storyline or subject that centers on an unrepresented identity group I'm not joking like they give this whole rules and regulations now to be inclusive for any movie that can be eligible for an academy award and again this goes back to show you what hollywood's doing you'd think by now they'd realize going woke they're going unbelievably broke with some of the car just the garbage they put out nobody goes to see now nobody goes to see it's like i have no interest in seeing 99 percent of the movies that come out ever and then ironically you have a movie like top gun maverick that you know has minimal anything in it. It's just a great action film, fighter jets, I mean, super cool stuff. You know, it blows up at the box office. Everybody enjoys it. Cause they actually go get to watch a movie and see that technology and see those aircrafts. I mean, that stuff's super cool to watch in person. And I mean, I told you the other day when we went to the uh, air show and they had the F-22 and the F-35. And I mean, seeing that stuff in person and hearing that stuff, I mean, it's, it's really cool. Granted, I think we spent entirely too much money on it, but it's really, really cool stuff. And so, I mean, seeing that in films, that's what people like. They don't want to go to the movie and get lectured, get told how bad of a person they are because of a certain race they are. It's, it's nonsense, ludicrous. So, again, as I've said before, vote with your dollars, my friends. Vote with companies that you know support you, get the truth out there, take care of you, and have your back. Continue to vote with your dollars and stay strong, stay self-sufficient. Do you need anything? We have the organic food buckets in stock. We have the meat buckets in stock. The berberines on sale. Vitamin C caps, antioxidants on sale product a week. Lots of stuff on the website right now. Also, to the healthy testosterone support kit. Incredible kit. 15% off on the front page of the website. Can't beat a better deal than that right now. Really to increase energy, increase blood flow, increase testosterone, increase stamina. Check that out. The healthy testosterone support kit at healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend. Enjoy the Hagman Show tonight and all those that are going out to the thing on Saturday with Dad. You guys enjoy that, and we'll be back on this show Monday as always. Y'all have an awesome time. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.